Psalms chapter 46. Um, <laughs> so, thank you, thank you. So, um, we have been doing this uh, series on Psalms chapter 46. And um, if you didn't know, uh, Cassandra, our worship leader, wrote the song that we sang at the last, uh, the last song. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was on her heart to write a song about a year ago or so, and she, she's been working on it, and God, um, God ministered uh, through her. And so we've been singing the song, and we've also been going through Psalms chapter 46. And so um, last week we talked through the first three verses. And, you know, maybe you're here this morning, and um, you're maybe, maybe not so sold on the Psalms. You're like, you know what, Pastor Evan, the Psalms are from the Old Testament the Old Testament is so old, and I want something new. I need some new wine. I need some new wineskins, and this is old garbage. And I, I want to encourage you this morning that uh, the Psalms are actually quoted more than any other book in um, the New Testament. And Jesus himself referenced the Psalms um, over 50 times in, uh, in the Bible. And so Psalms are very important to Scripture. There's different types of Psalms. Um, there are songs. There are laments. There is poetry, there's praise, and there's thanksgiving. And one of the beautiful things about the Psalms is I feel like, you know, you can go to the Psalms, and let, 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 has anyone ever gone to pray, and you're not entirely sure what to pray for? Like, you, like you, you're like, okay, I know I'm supposed to pray about something. I mean, maybe, maybe you guys know. Maybe you guys are just full of, you know, prayers and, you know, petitions and whatnot. But the beautiful thing about the Psalms is if you're ever stuck and you're kind of like, man, like I want to draw closer to the Lord, I'm not entirely sure what to pray, you can go to the Psalms and start reading them and praying them over your life. And it's like the Lord will give you wisdom and discernment. And it's, it's, it's crazy how the Psalms can not only be um, just something that's good to read, but they can also be a prayer for your life as well. And so it's really cool. If you've never checked out the Psalms, I encourage you to. And so, again, specifically um, over the, the, the next month, we're going to be talking through the 46th Psalm. Um, last week we talked through the first three verses, and we kind of talked about how this psalm, we think we are pretty confident, was written during a time of crisis. Has anyone ever been in a time of crisis in your life before? Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Bennett, you've never been in a time of crisis, huh? Okay, so a time of crisis, and so um, it was written during a time of crisis, and um, in the first verse it talks about God being our refuge, um, our, our ever-present help in time of uh, trouble, and then it goes into talking about the, the mountains falling and the oceans uh, foaming and all those crazy, dramatic, n- big things that are happening, and then it goes into verse 4. And so, we're going to start in verse 4 this morning where it says, There is a river. Can you look to your neighbor and say, there's a river? Look to your other neighbor and say, oh, there's a river. Do you remember that song by the Gaithers? The ri- the, uh, there's a, no, never mind, okay. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Man, that's a great promise, isn't it? There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. And God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Amen? God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. uh, He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. Can I get an amen? 
The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. I'm going to read that one more time. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. And God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Lord, minister to us this morning. I just pray that you'll be magnified and glorified this morning. I pray that you will be the center of our attention this morning, Father. I pray for those who are maybe in a season of fear or maybe in a season of attack. Uh, Maybe the enemy is at the gate. The enemy is at the door. The enemy has surrounded them. The enemy has cut off uh, their supply. The enemy is uh, 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 sieging the city of their heart this morning. Father, I I just pray right now that you will uh, speak to them and that this word will be encouraging for them this morning, Father, because we know that you are the Lord of hosts, and we know that you are the Lord of Jacob, our fortress, Father. And I pray that you will be magnified through the proclamation of your word, Father. I pray that the words that come out of my mouth will not be mine, but will be yours, and that you will use them to edify and correct and to encourage. And Father, I just pray that your spirit will move this morning in a very powerful way. Amen. So I'm going to set a little bit of a stage for you this morning. Okay, so, so we know that the psalm was written in times of trouble. We talked about that last week. Um, I don't know if you know this, but in, in ancient times, um, often a, a people would, would they'd have a city and they would build walls around the city for protection. Yeah, so, so, so if they wanted to protect their, their people, if they wanted to protect their life, they would build a wall around the city for protection. And often, the, 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 the bigger the walls, the, the safer it was in the city. So they'd build a wall around the city for protection. And, 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 and what, what would happen is, often when the enemy would attack the city, if the enemy, maybe the walls were too, maybe the walls were impenetrable, what the, what the enemy would do is, is, is the enemy would surround the city and surround the walls. So if the walls were too thick, to be, the enemy would surround, surround the city, pretending you guys are the city this morning, surrounding the city, and what they do is when they, when they surrounded the city, they would make sure that nothing could get in, nothing could get out. So if people were trying to come in, they'd be like, no, you can't go in. If people were trying to get out, they'd be like, no, you can't get out. They'd, what they do is they would cut off, hopefully it's okay if I walk back here. What they do is they would cut off the, the, the food supply. And what they would do is they would cut off the, the water supply. So imagine maybe, maybe there were some people that surrounded our church. And, uh, you know, there's only so long that we would be able to survive without food and without water. You know, I think I read that a typical person can last about three days without water. If you don't have food, you can last a little while, but, but eventually, if you don't have food, man, things start getting pretty bad pretty quick. You start kind of losing your faculties. You're like, you, you read about places that were sieged, and if they ran out of food and water, eventually... In fact, in 2 Kings chapter 6, 
It said that they would actually sell a donkey head if a city was besieged. They'd sell a don- people would eat donkey heads. And a lot of times this, one, this mother actually asked for her son because she wanted to eat her son. Like th- you, just start, you, don't, you, don't, you start not thinking properly when, you're, when, when resources are cut off. And so when a city was sieged, a lot of times what they would do if they couldn't get through the walls is, again, they'd cut off the water supply, they'd cut off the food supply. Eventually, people wouldn't start thinking properly. Eventually, people would start losing their minds. And so if you can picture with me a beautiful city, close your eyes for a minute, just picture with me a beautiful city with fortified walls. Maybe the city is sitting up on a mountain, just a beautiful city with the fortified walls. And although things seem okay on the inside, on the outside, the city is being attacked. There's, there's war on the outside. There's death on the outside. There's chaos on the outside. And it's interesting because, again, I, you know, some people think that this passage of Scripture here was actually written when uh, Jerusalem was under siege. And, and they think that perhaps um, what was happening here is, is, is the psalmists were talking about a time, again, that they were in trouble and that they were, that they were hurting and that may, maybe uh, there wasn't food and there wasn't water and, and things looked pretty uh, bad and things looked pretty bleak. And maybe, maybe you are in that spot right now in your life. Maybe you are at a spot right now where there is war in your life. Or maybe you're at a spot right now where there is chaos. Or maybe you're at a spot right now where there is destruction. Or maybe, maybe the enemy is in your life right now and he's, he's been killing and stealing and destroying. And the enemy is at the gate. Do you guys know what I'm talking about this morning? Am I talking to no one this morning? Like, like have you ever been in a season in your life where the enemy has been at the gates of your heart just trying to break everything down. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like you feel like you're safe. Like you kind of feel like you have a, a pretty good support group of people around you. You feel like you have a pretty good wall around you, but the enemy is coming at you again and again and again. You kind of feel like, you're, you're like, 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 you're, you're, so like your supplies are cut off. And, 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 and here, this, here the psalmist is talking. And it's interesting because when you look at the psalms, the, the first part of this psalm is a little chaotic. Again, it's talking about the mountains falling. It's talking about the oceans foaming. It's talking about the storms. It's talking, it's, it's like the first part of the psalms is very chaotic. Psalms chapter 46. But there's a change in tone in the next verse. Where he says, listen, in life... When things are chaotic, when the enemy is at the door, when you're being sieged, when you feel like your resources are running out, he says to his listeners, there is a river. There is. Now, he he doesn't say that there was. He doesn't say there, there once was. He doesn't say there will be. But he says there is a river. And he goes on to say that there's a river. And I believe the Lord is speaking to us this morning. He said there's a river whose streams... Now, now listen... Uh, Realize that streams isn't a singular, but it's a plural. It's not like there's a little, 
a little singular stream. stream. You know, like when it, it's like in the, the, the heat of the summer and, you know, you see a little trickle coming through. But he's like, there is a river whose streams... Now, I, want you to, I, I don't want you to think of a, just, a, just a little tiny trickle or a little tiny stream, but I want you this morning to think of a gushing, flowing stream, like a, there, there's a, a river. Look to your neighbor and say, there's a stream, and there's a river. There's a river, and there's a stream, and it's, it's gushing, it's flowing. Imagine like in the springtime when, when the snow is melting, and the water, we used to have a stream that ran by our house, and it was like kind of a little stream, but in, but, but in the springtime when the snow melted and the, and, and the rain was falling, like that, that little would turn into like, a, this little stream would turn into like a big a big, huge river here. So he's, 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 what he's doing, he, okay, so you're listening to me. You're like, what in the world is Pastor Evan talking about? He's talking about a river. He's talking about streams. Like, like, like I just don't quite under, I don't, there's a river made of streams. And these streams come from God himself. He is in the midst of her. It, 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 it's kind of weird because it, 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 it's almost backwards. Because You think about a stream flowing from God, a gushing river, streams flowing from God. And, 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 and as the stream goes out, it goes into different places. But it's almost backwards. Like I, I remember when I was younger, um, I'm from Minnesota, just in case you guys didn't know. And uh, in Minnesota, up in northern Minnesota, uh, there is, it's called uh, Itasca State Park. And in Itasca State Park, you can go up there, and it is actually the birthplace of the, Missis, the mighty Mississippi, the M-I, you know, M-I-S-S-I-S-I-P, the birthplace of the mighty Mississippi. And you can actually, at the birthplace of the Mississippi, up in Itasca State Park, walk across the Mississippi without getting your ankles wet. Isn't that crazy? But, but it's interesting because the Mississippi starts so small. It's like a little tiny stream. And as it goes down, as it goes down, and as it goes down, uh, I think it goes over 2,400 miles. As it goes down and it goes, it kind of travels down. Actually, even by the time it gets down to southern Minnesota, the Mississippi is a raging river. And as it keeps on going down, it gets bigger and it goes down and it, it, it kind of goes down through Iowa and Illinois and Missouri and Arkansas and Tennessee. It goes through New Orleans and it empties out into the Gulf of Mexico. Like the little stream becomes a big stream. It, but, but, but what he's saying here in the text is it's almost like just the opposite. Like God from the midst of God flows this river in your times of trouble and your times of difficulty. And it's flowing, and it's flowing out of him, and it's flowing into the city of God. Now, it's not, it's not going into the, you know, the sidewalks. It's not going into the buildings. It's not going into the gates, but it's going into the city of God, which means that this river is coming out of God, and it's going into each and every one of you, <laughs> this river, this stream. It's coming out of him and it's going into you. It's, there's this constant river that's flowing out of God into the hearts of God's people. And he's not literally speaking about a, a river that's coming out, but he's, he's, he's really talking about a river that's flowing into our hearts that, if you look at the text, that says that brings gladness. Gladness. Brings gladness. 
And it's not making the trees glad. It's not making the animals glad. It's not making the gate glad. It's not making the, the, the road glad. But this stream that's coming out of God, he's in the midst of her, this river. It's coming and it's flowing into our hearts and it's bringing us gladness. And the idea of, of gladness here is th- think about a, a sense of, of, of well-being, like things being okay. Think about how you feel when someone has a kind word for you. They bring life into you. Think about how it feels when someone says that they love you. Ah, you know, think about how, how you feel when you've won the prize and you've, you've won, like, although the mountains are falling, although the ocean is foaming, although I'm being sieged by the enemy, the enemy's at the gate, Although there's destruction around me, God is promising us through the power of his word that he can give us gladness in time of trouble. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? When I read that, I'm like, okay, sure, right, okay, right, right. Of course, the Lord can give us gladness, whatever it be. I don't even believe it, okay. Oh, whatever, like, like, but show me some proof of this. Like, can God really bring gladness in sadness? Can God really bring hope in despair? Can God really bring life when there's, like, like I, I don't know. The Apostle Paul, when he was locked in prison, and he was chained, he had been beaten and flogged and, uh, for proclaiming the gospel of Christ. He said in Philippians chapter 4, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your um, reasonableness or gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus himself, the night before he was betrayed, the night before his crucifixion, the night he was betrayed, the the, the night before before his crucifixion, he said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I guess I want to encourage you this morning that there is gladness that is found in the Lord. I want to encourage you this morning that there is a supernatural supply of gladness that's found in the Lord. You know, it's, it's interesting because when, 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 when you go and uh, you visit someone who is, maybe they have just a, a short time to live, it's, it's interesting to see their demeanor. When someone has no hope in Jesus and you talk to the family and there's great sadness, but when you meet someone and they have hope and it, like there's some type of supernatural gladness where it's like even in the midst of trouble, even with death facing them right at the door, they are able to experience gladness in the face of persecution. And I would say that one of the signs of a, of a true Christian is gladness and joy in the face of trouble. And I want to encourage you this morning that I believe that there is an underground river 
that's flowing into the hearts of every believer that has a supernatural flow of joy that's coming from God to us. And when you're going through difficult times, it is not the absence of problems, but it's the presence of God that brings joy. And his presence changes everything. His presence brings gladness. His presence brings joy. His presence calms the soul. soul. Although the nations may rage and the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice and the earth melts. His presence changes everything. I love what he says at the very end. He said, the Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. There's a a story in 2 Kings chapter 6 where the prophet Elijah was in the city of Dothan. And there was this this king named Aram who um, was trying to attack the people of God. And every time that he went to attack uh, the people of God, it said that um, Israel kind of knew what was happening ahead of time. And so the king was upset. And so he goes and he talks to his, his men. And he's like, who's tipping off the king about where I'm going? I don't understand. Like, like every time I go someplace, it's like, it's like they already know that I'm there. The Israelites already know that I'm there. I'm, I, I want to go and pillage and do some bad stuff. And every time I go there to steal their Twinkies and whatever, they, like they already know that, that I'm there. And I feel like they're always a step ahead of me. And I'm just really upset because I think one of, my, one of my men is probably tipping them off. So he goes and he talks to his men. He's like, I don't really understand what's going on. But I think one of you is ousting me. And, and one of the men speaks up. And he's like, hey, listen, we're not ousting you. But there's this guy named Elijah who has been um, essentially hearing from the Lord and, and telling, and, and telling uh, the people of Israel every time we're going to attack. And so they know because he's in touch with the Lord. And so what uh, this, this king does, he says, well, listen, I, 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 where is he at? He's like, he's in the city of Dotham. So he takes all of his troops at night and he goes and he surrounds the city of Dotham. And, and so um, uh, what happens is in the morning, Elijah's servant wakes up and Elijah's servant walks outside. And when he walks outside, he sees there's a bunch of troops and stuff surrounding the city. And so the servant freaks out and goes back inside. And he's like, hey, listen, Elijah, that we're in a really bad predicament because um, I, I, I just looked outside and, and, and Aram and his whole army is around. And I think we're going to get destroyed and I just don't know what to do. And Elisha said, um, he prayed, said, Lord, I want you to open the eyes of my servant. And they walked outside, and the Lord opened his eyes. And instead of seeing all, I mean, he, he still saw the, the uh, Aram and his whole army, but he also saw the heavenly armies of God behind him with fire chariots. And I guess I, 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 want, I, I want to remind you of that this morning, that, you know, although... Your situation might seem bleak this morning. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies is with you. And he's faithful to his promises. His promises are yes and amen. Um, He is in control and he will win the battle. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I'm going to call the worship team back up.
So again, this, this, this was written during a time of crisis. It was written during a time of trial. It was written during a time of, maybe even a time where the city was being sieged. And the enemy was at the gate. And the enemy was getting ready to um, pounce upon them. Maybe, maybe the enemy was already beating on the walls trying to get in. Maybe the enemy had uh, already been trying to cut off the water supply and, and, and cut off the food. And, and here the psalmist is saying, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of Most High. And God is in her midst, and she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. And though the, na- and the, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Lord, this morning I just pray for everyone who's here, everyone who's listening online, Father. I pray that you will strengthen them this morning. God, maybe they've been going through a trial. Maybe they've been going through a hardship. Maybe they've been going through a difficult time. Maybe the enemy's been at the gates. Maybe the enemy's been trying to pillage. Maybe the enemy has been whispering in their ear and speaking to them and, 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 and just uh, coming at, that, at them from every direction, Father. And I pray right now that, they, that you'll open their eyes and that they'll be able to see that the Lord of hosts, the, the Lord of the armies, is with them this morning, Father. I pray that you will remind them that there is a river Uh, whose streams make glad the city of God. There's a river. That's a promise that we have in Scripture. It wasn't something that was, you know, there was a river, there there will be a river in 20, but there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. It's It's a supernatural river. It's a It's a Holy Spirit kind of river. Where, where even in trials and even in uh, difficulties, you can bring us gladness and comfort and peace in our times of need, Father. Maybe there are some people here this morning who have been trying to survive without your presence. Uh, maybe there are some people here this morning who have been cut off from your supply. And Father, I pray right now through the power of your word and the the moving of your spirit, Father, that you'll you'll pull them back in, Father. I pray that they will rely on you and and come to you and uh, just give their heart over to you, Father, because you can be their gladness and their support in time of trouble. God, as we sing this song one, one last time, may you receive the glory and the praise. God, may you be magnified. May you be lifted up, Father.